Help me to run in your pace. May I never be too fast. May I never be late. Help me to run in your pace. Help me to run in your pace. May I never be too fast. May I never be late. Help me to run in your pace. 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 In your guidance, in your truth. In your direction, in your lead, help me to run in your pace. Help me to run in your pace. In your wisdom, in your truth, in your guidance, in your grace, help me to run in your pace. Help me to run in your pace. In your wisdom, in your truth. In your guidance, in your grace, help me to run in your pace. Help me to run in your pace. Spirit, lead me to come and I will come. Where you are, is where Spirit, lead me to come and I will come. Cause where you are is where I'll May I never be too fast. May I never be late. Help me to run in your pace. Help me to run in your pace. May I never be too fast. May I never be late. Help me to run in your peace. Help me to run in your peace. May I never be too fast. Iramako shadabara hesekete bahaya. Ora namake suparahada shekete bahaya. Inamande bregedeleke suta bahaya. Oh, can we make that a prayer this morning? Lord Jesus, help me to run in your pace. Lord Jesus, help me to walk in your ways. Father, keep me, keep me, keep me. Let my footsteps, let my movement be according, Lord Jesus, to your movement, according to your velocity, your momentum, O oh God. Father, keep me in step with you in the name of Jesus. 
Oh, Shambara Keso Kapalia Namasoke Baladina. Oh, Bashanda Vakela Namasha Laladeta Bahai. Oh, Rabai de la Kiala Basho Telebakaya. In spite of the things that I need, in spite of the places that I need to be, in spite of the assignments that I want to fulfill, God, Lord, help me to walk in your pace. Help me to walk in your pace. Oh, in your pace. Oh, Ramadesh Kapalia Namasha Makalidena. May I never be too fast. May I never be late. Help me to run in your pain. Help me to run in your pain. May I never be too fast. May I never be late. Help me to run in your pain. Help me to run in your pain. 
May I never be Help me to run in your pace. Yes, Lord, help me to run in your pace, O Lord. Thank you, for the spirit of governance, Lord Jesus, that is upon us this morning. Thank you for the spirit of governance, O oh God, that feels this prayer call. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for the blessedness of restraints, for the blessedness of godly constraints. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you for the zeal that enables us to fulfill your will in season. Thank you, Holy Spirit. We receive it all. We receive the constraints and we receive the zeal. We receive the stop instruction and we receive the go instruction. We take it all, Holy Spirit. We take it all, Holy Spirit, because this race that we run is not ours. It is yours to fulfill. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Father, I pray for everyone who is going through a stop season this morning. I pray, Father, that you will give them the ability to be at peace with your ways. I pray for everyone who is going through a seeming season of dryness or a seeming season of, um, of, of, of just stillness where you have stopped certain movements in their lives. Father, I pray that in the name of the Lord Jesus, that you will give these ones the peace to be able to wait on you, to be able to believe, oh God, that you are in the midst of it all, to be able to believe, oh God, that there is something you are working out in their lives. I pray, precious Holy Spirit, that the enemy would not hijack a season that is meant for their benefit, but God, in the midst of it all, let it be a season, oh God, where they are in the, the bar of God, the speakings of God, the voice of God. Father, let this midbar season be the time where they hear you better like never before. Let this be the season, oh God, where you begin to uncover the foundational issues of their life. Let it be a season of training, a season of empowerment, a season of strengthening because the day of release is near. And Lord Jesus, I just pray for the people who are in the gold season. I pray precious Holy Spirit that those that are moving, oh God, those that are actively serving and actively doing the things that you need them to do right now. I pray precious Holy Spirit 
that you will put inside of them a holy fear and a reverence, oh God, for your ways and for your dictates, oh God, for your timing. I pray, Father, that in the midst of the abundance of resources, that in the midst of the abundance of opportunities, Father, that you will train the hearts of these ones to be able to wait on you. I pray that in the midst, oh God, of the abundance upon the table, the Father, that I pray that you will give these ones the grace to put a knife to their throat. You will give these ones the grace to circumcise themselves, to be able to, 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 to to just exercise restraint in the midst of it all. Father, that we will be preserved, oh God, that our priesthood will not be compromised by the advancement in our kingship. Thank you, Holy Ghost. Thank you, Holy Spirit. May we never be too fast. May we never be late. Help us to run in your pace. Help us to run in your pace. May we never be too fast. May we never be late. Help us to run in your pace. Help us to run in your pace. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Father, I thank you because my generation will praise you. My generation will emerge in the day that they need to emerge. I thank you, Holy Ghost, because each one of us, we take our stand in the day that we need to stand. Each one of us, we speak up in the day that we need to speak up. Each one of us, we show up in the day that we need to show up. We will not hold back the intentions of time and eternity simply because we could not rise up in the day of advancement. But God, I thank you because you are putting supernatural strength, supernatural vision inside of us this morning. And you are making it possible for us to be able to interpret the times and the seasons of the heavens and to be able to interpret the times and the seasons of your will. Father, I thank you because you give us the grace to be able to overlay the intentions of the heavens with the intentions of the earth and with our personal seasons. And thank you, Father, because as you give us the capacity to do this, oh God, we will become like your artist upon the earth and your architects upon the earth. We'll be able to craft Jehovah, the, the, the pathway, Father, of, for the actualization of the destinies of men and the destinies of people and the destinies of youth and the destinies of government and nations. In the name of our Lord Jesus, Father, I thank you that this morning you are expanding inside of us in the name of the Lord Jesus. Expand me, Lord. Expand me, Lord. Expand the insides inside of me. Expand the insides inside of us, oh God, that we may be able to accommodate, oh God, the multifaceted wisdom of God, that we may be able to accommodate the multifaceted wisdom that is needed to handle this complex world in the name of our Lord Jesus. Father, may we not play small when you are calling us to look up. May we not play small, oh God, when you are trying to increase our vision. But my God, I pray that you will put inside of us the grace to be able to embrace every single thing that you want us to do, every single thing that you need us to accomplish in time and in season in the name of the Lord Jesus. My God, I pray, Jehovah, that you will put places inside of us. You will enable us, oh God, to be able to discover the places, oh God, to be able to discover the rooms and the areas in our souls, our spirits, our bodies, our minds, every single capacity, Jehovah, Jehovah, that you have deposited within us with the foundations of the earth. Lord God Almighty, we call for an awakening of them in the name of our Lord Jesus. Father, that we may be able to walk in your pace. That we may be able to journey with you. 
that at every point in time, oh God, Eledua, Ledua, Ledua, Shakranebo Sata, that you may be able to trust us with the standards of your kingdom. Thank you, precious Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. We receive it, oh God. We receive it, we receive it, we receive it. I receive it for myself. I receive it for myself. I receive it in the name of Jesus. Thank you, precious Holy Spirit. Thank you, precious Holy Spirit. Um, you know, we'll be talking about in this season, I mean, the, the prayer way in this season is, is the system called God. And we'll be talking about different systems, you know, in the kingdom and different systems that have been birthed by the Lord. And just trying to observe the things that are and the things that appear in the natural to be able to discern, you know, the attributes of God, to be able to discern the ways of God and to be able to draw up patterns by which we can engage this life and engage this world by for the sake of the kingdom and you know yesterday we began to, to talk about the estuary the ecotone and you know the movement of the streams of god and the lord god almighty began to show us how he has placed us to be his estuaries and by reason of function we become an ecotone you know of the things of heaven as it is engaged as it engages the things of the earth you know and in the midst of all of that um the spirit of god begins to, to, to say to us that you know how do you make the transition Transition, you know, from being an estuary into actually flowing into the earth, because the purpose of the estuary is to water the sea, is to flow into the sea, and you know, to infiltrate the sea, as it were, so that the nations of this world, the kingdoms of this world, will become the kingdom of our God and of His Christ. You know, because at the end of the day, that is what we we need to be able to achieve. That is what we need to be able to fulfill. That the kingdoms of this world will become the kingdom of our God and of His Christ. So, in the midst of everything. Um, that that we are doing we want to keep our eyes on that you know because I found out that part of what happens in this life as we go through pain and as we go through struggles part of what the, the enemy does to us is to make us self-focused as opposed to kingdom focused is to make us be thinking of self-preservation as opposed to kingdom preservation because that is what pain does to you it automatically makes you want to save yourself want to keep yourself want to cover yourself but you see when pain has gone on for so long and it has been propagated from father to child from mother to daughter you know and it just moves on like that for generation after a while what began as a response to pain becomes the culture and it becomes the norm of a society or of a people or of a family line so you then find out that there are certain groups of people or certain groups of families or societies or communities that their natural response is self-preservation, self-protection, self-increase. Why? Because it all began in the beginning as one person or one people, you know, trying to save themselves from something. And because they needed to ensure that the safety that they found, you know, was transferred from their children to that they begin to say, this is who we are. This is how we act. This is what we do. 
But you see, part of what God wants to do this morning is to break every falsehood, is to break every false principle that has been transferred to you, that has you have been fed with, that you have been pumped with, that is not of God, so that in your release from fear, in your release from all of that, you may be able to fly and enter the vulnerability of the spirit that enables you to be one that infiltrates, that enables you to be one that is able to do the will of God for a generation. Because you see, one of the things about the estuary is that where it meets with the salt water, the salt water is heavier, the salt water is denser. So automatically the salt water goes down and the fresh water comes up. And as it comes up, it is able to flow into the sea. That is how that is the entrance from the fresh water to the salt water because the fresh water is lighter, but the salt water is dense, is dense in its nature. So it automatically goes down and the fresh water comes up. There is something about the lightness and there is something about the lightweight and there is something about the vulnerability. There is something about following the spirit. And the Bible often describes the people that are governed by the spirit as the wind. The Bible describes people that are governed by the spirit as people who have laid down their own burdens. And you see, there is something about entering the rest of God that enables you to be able to envision, that enables you to be able to see, that enables you to be able to sight the will of God from a distance and embrace it and channel everything in your life to go in the direction of the will. A man that is yet burdened by carnal physical um, things, a man that is yet burdened by the need to respond in his strength, by the need to take care of himself, by the need to make a name for himself so that the world will see and people that will know. A man that is yet burdened by carnal responses, it is hard for that person to be light enough to flow into the world. You may seemingly have some sort of positioning in the world, but positioning is not the same as influence. I have seen people who have money, but they do not have the ability to truly move the hearts of men. People may follow them because of what they can get, but people will not abide with them because of who they are. And so they constantly become people who are used and they become the build systems that people use and people simply draw from. But there is nothing about commitment and giving themselves to it. Why? Because such a person is not like the fresh water. Such a person is just a salt water that has learned to just, you know, put some structures in place and become more relevant than other salt water. But what God is calling us to be is to be light. Because that is the way you can flow into follow the movement of the spirit. You see, when God wakes up and says to you, Abraham, it is time to leave your father's house. It is time to leave the old countries. It is time to leave your nation. It is time to leave your people. It is time to leave everything that you know and just float and follow my will and go where I will show you. God never gave him a particular kind of direction. God never used a GPS map for Abraham, but he just said, go. The ability to glide with the spirit is the entry point into the true will of God and influence in the earth to follow the spirit, to follow the spirit. For how can you walk when you don't know the way of the wind? And how can you run when you don't know the way of the spirit? How can you fly when you don't know the way of the wind, the power at walking you, walking everything in obedience to Christ. How can you walk when you don't know the way of the wind? And how can you run 
when you don't know the way of the Spirit? How can you fly when you don't know the way of the wind? The power at work in you, working everything in obedience to Christ, realigning everything in obedience to Christ. And we cry, Holy Ghost, Spirit of the living God. We cry, Holy Ghost, Scepter of the King of Kings. We cry, Holy Ghost, Seal of the Age to come. Working in everything in obedience to Christ. Restoring everything in obedience to Christ. It is impossible to infiltrate the earth without the governance of the Spirit. It is impossible to do the will of God without submission to the Holy Ghost. It is impossible to create the change we speak about without riding upon the wings of the spirit. You can have high and lofty intelligence strategies, but they cannot amount to anything eternal except it is given and driven by the spirit of God. When we look through scriptures and we look through the people who had strong infiltration testimonies, these guys did not do it because they started back on the table to plan and to strategize how it will happen. These guys did it by the mind of the spirit. They were overcome and they were overwhelmed by a burden. A burden that was laid upon them by God himself. And as they responded to the burdens of God, not to the need for their safety, not for the need of their good name, not for the need of money and wealth, they responded to the burdens of God. It was a burden that produced the influence they had. It was through a burden that they received the strategies by which they governed their lives. It is the burden of the spirit that enables you to be. The angel of the Lord came to Mary and said to Mary, Mary, blessed are thou amongst women. Something is about to break break out of your life. There is a stream of God that is about to water the earth and it makes glad the cities of the Lord. There is a water that is about to come out of you, Mary, and it is going to infiltrate the whole earth. It is going to infiltrate the seas of the earth. There is something that is about to be birthed through your life and it shall be described as the seed of the Messiah. It shall be described as the seed of salvation. For in the season of the world in which we find ourselves, in the season of the earth and in the generation of the earth in which we find ourselves. There is something that God wants to birth out of your life. Prayer reign. There is something that God wants to cause to come out of your spirit and it is going to be the salvation of the time. It is going to be the salvation of the season. For don't you know you have been elected and selected by God for such a time like this? Don't you know that even the DNA that you carry has been structured by the spirit of God to be able to accommodate the salvation of this generation? For don't you understand that you do not stand upon this earth as a mere man. There is something about who you are and where you have been positioned that was ordained and anointed by God. Mary, blessed are thou amongst women. Your ability to perceive your distinctness and your peculiarity in the midst of the abundance of people is part of what makes you the one that can infiltrate. 
Maybe blessed are thou amongst women. We have looked to the array of possibilities and we have selected you. You have to be able to see yourself as distinct and peculiar. You have to be able to embrace the uniqueness of the Spirit of God and the outworking of the grace of God in you and through you. If there be anybody whose identity has been fractured, whose identity has been broken, the experiences of life has wearied you and it has made it impossible for you to see, to perceive, to understand that the hand of God is upon your life. It has made it impossible for you to see and to perceive that there is something about who you are and what you carry that is necessary and expedient for God to move in this season. I pray that in the name of the Lord Jesus, let the spirit of restoration, let the wind of restoration, let the grace of restoration come upon this this morning, wherever you are, begin to receive the restoration of God. My God, for I have seen the Lord's salvation. I have seen the Lord's hand. I have seen the Lord's work. I can testify to you that God is able to save, to deliver, that God is able to restore the things that have been stolen by the enemy, the things that have been broken inside of you. I can testify that my Lord himself, his name is Jesus the of a woman lying on the floor. And I see the picture of the woman saying, God, I don't even know who I am. I don't even know who I am anymore. I have been so beaten. I have been so battered. I have become so broken that I cannot even clearly identify myself anymore. People look at me and they say, oh, wow, you're smart, you're intelligent. <coughs> But God, I am struggling to find myself. And I see Jesus standing in front of that woman. And every tear that you cry, every tear that you have cried, the Lord has received it. And I want you to know that the hand of God is upon you this morning. And the spirit of God says, am I not the restorer? If I could cause light to come out of darkness. If I could cause land to emerge from the midst of the waters, am I not the same God who is able to cause a new day to come out of your life? And I hear the Spirit of God say, even now, I am calling for a movement and I am calling for a shaking in the midst of you.
And I'm calling for a restructuring and a repositioning. And even now, I will begin to restore your eyes, your dreams, and your visions. I will begin to show you pictures of the future, but I will also begin to show you the right picture from the past. For there is something about the pictures that you see. It is disjointed, it is broken, it is unevil and incomplete. But the Spirit of God says, I am about to show you the right picture, and I'm about to bless you with perspective, so that even the hurt and even the pain of yesterday, you will see it correctly and you will be able to make the right decisions based on my perspective, says the Lord. And so this morning, I pray for every single person who is in this situation and in a boat like this. I say, let there be a restoration. Let there be a restoration of sight and identity in the name of Jesus. Amen. Um, you know, because there is something, because every time that God was going to use a man, Part of what God did was that God will begin by coming to you and he will challenge you and he will speak to you and God will give you a form of identity and say, hey, thou mighty man of valor, give your get up. Oh, Joshua, why are you sitting where you are? Don't you know you are meant to be the deliverer? Mary, blessed are thou amongst women. The first thing that God provokes out of you is a sense of identity. Because without a sense of identity, you are going to run around wasting the resources of Zion, trying all kinds of things, trying to, you know, for you, uh, performance in the kingdom is a hit and miss thing. We'll do it if it works, if it doesn't work well, but God doesn't want you to live your life like that. There is an accuracy that comes from the spirit. There is an accuracy that can come upon a man. And even the people you speak to and the people you take your problems to, God can be very specific so that you are not wasting your life. So God wants to restore your identity. And part of the way that God does that is that God will speak to you. Sometimes with his audible voice, sometimes through a prophetic word, sometimes through dreams and visions, sometimes through your Mordecai. God has a way of always reaching us so that he may restore to us a sense of identity and he may bring you into a place where you are formidable because you are rest assured. So I want you to pray this morning and say, Father, every system you have set up in my life for the purpose of strengthening your identity in me. Baba, help me to be able to recognize it. Teach me, oh God, how to steward it. And precious Holy Spirit, show me how to give myself to it so that I will not begin to fight against the things that are meant to build me up. And I will not cast away the things that are meant to water my life. My God, I pray that in the name of Jesus, that if perhaps in the way I have led my life before, I don't have a system, a support system that gives me a strong sense of identity in you, that restores my I am my sight. My God, I pray that you will build it up around me this morning. In the name of the Lord Jesus. Father, I ask, oh God, that as I journey through life, pray for yourself, pray for yourself, that God, as I journey through life, that you will bless me with men and women. You will bless me, oh God, with people. You will bless me, oh God, with systems that can strengthen me, oh God. In the knowledge of who I am. In the knowledge of my real inside of me. In the knowledge of your 
Please make sure that you are taking down this prayer point so that when you go back, you can pray it strongly. There is something about a system of identification and sometimes re-identification because people go through transitions in life. You look at the life of Moses at a point, Moses was a child that if you told Moses testify, he would testify about how, you know, other babies were being killed, but he, he was kept by God. Other people were being destroyed, but the Lord delivered him. And Moses could have held on to that testimony until he was 40 and held on to the fact that, you know, there is something about my life, man. I have such a powerful testimony of preservation. But the question Moses is, what have you been preserved for? But the question, Moses, is what have you been delivered for? The question, Moses, is what have you been blessed for? What has God put you in the house, in the heartbeat of Egypt for? Why is God showing you the strengths, the weakness, and the vulnerabilities of that system? What is the purpose of your preservation? And so the thing is, many times when God wants to bring you into a point of transition, into the point of moving from just being an estuary into actually infiltrating the earth. The Lord will give you a sense of identification and he strengthens that through a system. Like I said, sometimes it is God speaking to you, audible voice, prophetic words, dreams, visions, mentors, people. And, you know, he places you in the midst of people who can strengthen that. But also this must be accompanied by an opportunity which could be good or bad, because Moses came into that point, but then an opportunity came. And it was like Moses saw the children of Israel for the first time when he became 40. And he was like, no, he began to count it in his heart that it is better for me to be associated with these slaves than for me to be sitting in this palace. By faith, Moses was able to say, it is better for me to associate with my people than to associate with the palace. Because something happens to you. There is usually a previous season of identification. And then you come into a season of re-identification. And I found out that this is usually the problem with people because you are so used to being a freshwater you are so used to swimming in the in, in the streams of fresh water that when you come into the breaking point of an estuary and you come into the point where you are meant to flow into the new you are unable to make the shift in your mind you are unable to make the shift in your environment you are so tied up to what you are used to and who you used to be that 
you cannot see that the picture of God for your life is constantly unveiling itself through time. That there is a progressive revelation of God and there is a progressive revelation of who you are embedded in the revelation of God. As God shows you more of who he is, in the revelation of who he is, is a new revelation of who you are. As you begin to engage the capacities, the complexities and the multifaceted wisdom of God, it is for you to also begin to see that there are various expressions that can come out of you and then you embrace the expressions of God and use them as strength for you to be able to thrust yourself forward in the new things that God is calling you to. You must be able to identify and steward the system of identification inside of you. If you lose the knowledge of who you are, then what can you do? How are you able to build? How are you able to, to, to be confident in the strength and in the backing of God? Now, so, so what happens is that when the time of opportunity comes, be able to identify it. For Joseph, it did not look like, and many times those opportunities don't look good. Hilary, are, are you dressing up? Mute your microphone, please. Mute your mic, please. And the reason why these opportunities um, don't look good is because you go back to the Great Commission. The Lord began to say, subdue, replenish, restore, you know, bring life back you know, bring government into it, bring structure into it, all these commands of God, it is almost as though there is an inherent rebellion of the earth against the system of God. And so when you look at it, you begin to realize that the opportunities that bring you into the re-identification or enable an infiltration are opportunities that sometimes look bad. But in the midst of it, God is giving you an entrance. God is giving you an entryway into a city, into a people, into a region, into a system. And so for Joseph, the entrance was slavery. For Esther, the entrance was the threat of annihilation of the Jews. For Daniel, the threat was slavery, or, or the entrance was slavery. For Deborah, it was the captivity of Israel. For the disciples, it was the death of Jesus and the need for their survival. For Nehemiah, it was the ruins of Jerusalem. So when you look at the things around you and the brokenness and the rejection and the, uh, 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 and the powers of darkness, it usually gives you an idea of the entry point that God is creating for you. So when people ask me, Pierre, what is my purpose? I tell them, look, it is not to be this or to be that or to be that. You see, if you don't know what you should do, look around you. The Lord said, replenish it. Look for what is depleting. Whatever you see that is depleting, replenish it. That is your purpose. The Lord says, subdue it. Whatever you see that is in rebellion to God's life and in rebellion to God's spirit, go and subdue it. So many times we are looking for higher lofty philosophies where it is simple. The Lord gave you a garden as your practice place, but he gave you the world as the place of manifestation. So you practice in the garden, but you manifest in the world. So just follow the commissions of God and you will know what to do. So the peace people, it was the brokenness, the rejection, the pain, the suffering that gave them an entryway. So I pray that in the name of the Lord Jesus, that God will heal your eyes, that God will heal your eyes, that God will help you to be able to see the world for what it is, to be able to see opportunity. Because the way a God evaluates opportunity is not the way 
that broken people evaluate opportunities. Adam and Eve, when they were when they were walking in the fullness of God, they saw the trees in the garden as things that were to be preserved, as things that were to be kept. But the moment they fell, they began to see the trees as things to be plundered. They plucked the leaves. They used it to cover themselves. And all, all of a sudden, everything was directed towards their own preservation, towards their own keeping. And they began to, the way a God sees is different from the way a mere man sees. So I need you to put your hand on your eyes and say, God, heal my eyes. God, heal my eyes in the name of Jesus. May I not run away from the things that have been set up for my growth. May I not run away from the opportunities that have been set up for me to infiltrate the earth. May I not constantly dance on the borders of influence. But God, give me the ability to see. The Bible says that when the spies went to the land of Jericho, Eight out of ten came back. And they said, no, 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 there are giants in the land. But two men who could see said that the giants are bread for us. My God, my God, my God. May I not spend 40 more years roaming in the wilderness when I could have gone forward and fought the giants by faith. May I not judge the quality of the land or the potency of your promise based on the giants inside of the land. But my God, help me to understand that embedded in every promise is the grace and the capacity to deal with the oppositions in the place. Father, heal my eyes, heal my eyes, heal my eyes. The pain of the past, the shame of the past, the danger of God of the past has made it impossible for me to journey forward into beautiful things that look dark. But Jesus, help me to remember who I am. Help me like David to be the one that charges towards Goliath. Help me to be the one that charges towards Goliath. Heal my eyes. Heal my eyes. When the armies of Israel were running away from, from Goliath, David was negotiating his increase. David was negotiating his authority. David was negotiating progress. My God, heal my eyes. May I not run away from the Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. For restoration of sight. Thank you, Lord. Amen. You know, there is something about the estuary. An estuary has a natural uh, flushing process that happens by what is called the estuarine circulation. You know, otherwise, the estuary would become stagnant and pollution would accumulate and oxygen would be depleted. There is an estuarine circulation. It is like an underwater current. And it is by reason of the difference between the current of the fresh water and the current of the salt water. And it creates this circulation that enables the estuarine to pump so that water is moving. So some of the salt water is moving into the fresh and the fresh is moving into the salt. So because of this circulation, that's why it does not become polluted. 
It does not become polluted. It does not become stagnant. And you see, the problem with a lot of Christians, you have arrived at the place of the convergence of the streams of God, but you have refused to allow the current. So you are not engaging with the world. You are not able to see properly. So you say things like me, I stay away from politics. So uh, me, anybody that you know, smokes or drinks, I don't talk to them. Anybody that this, you have set up a standard that does not enable infiltration that does not enable engagement you have evaluated consecration and righteousness by your inability to be in the world but you see the value of the salt is that the salt has got function in the midst of a tasteless society you must be embedded within it for you to find your value and relevance and so the, the, the second it what enables the estuarine to keep its relevance. It's what enables the estuarine to be able to flush out death. The reason why many Christians have become like polluted waters. And so many times you encounter them, you don't feel nourished, you don't feel strengthened, you don't feel empowered. Their words don't produce life. They may be speaking the same Bible, but nothing is moved inside of you. It is because they are like a stream that is not moving. They're like an estuarine that is not pumping in and pumping out. You have to be able to allow the circulation of the spirit you have to be able to see things for what they are david was locked in the backside for a season but when the day came goliath became david's opportunity for breaking into society goliath became david's opportunity for breaking into the army of israel and then you look at the future of david in the day that david had to run a part of this army ran to david a part of the people already knew david so they went to look for him if david had not made the move of goliath if he had only appeared in Saul's palace and declared that, oh, I have been anointed by God to be the next king, he would have still been on the run because Saul would have wanted to kill him, but he would have no support system. The support system that David had that kept him, that enabled him to survive the season of running was the support system that was built around him by reason of his rising in the time when he saw Goliath. Many of us are looking for people to surround us, to keep us, to preserve us in the midst of the journey of trying to fulfill destiny. But the problem is, where have you risen before? Why have you risen? Because it is the previous testimony that bets the latter testimony. It is the previous testimony that gives you the support system that will enable the latter testimony to be born. You need to be able to see clearly. To be able to see clearly so that the desires of God for your life can come to pass. So that the allocation of the resources of God can be unveiled and revealed to you. The stone was just a stone by the brook. Until David realized that I need to kill this man. And the stone became a weapon. There are many things that surround you that look like normal, irrelevant, and inconsequential. But in the day that your eyes open, and in the day you say to yourself, you see this nation, Nigeria, it must be healed. You see this nation, Nigeria, it must be restored. You see this generation, this family that I have, it must come into the fullness of God. The day you wake up and you see clearly the reason why God has preserved you and keep you, everything around you begins to make sense. You will begin to see it all as resources, as strengthening for the future that God has for you. I pray once again that your eyes will be opened. I pray once again for healing of your eyes. There are some people that have color blindness because of some accidents that you have or distortion over time or by reason of a genetic disorder that was transferred to you. Some people are short-sighted. Some people are long-sighted because sight is usually transferred through blood. And so because your father had a problem with his eyes, you also have a problem with your eyes. Because your mother had a problem with the way she sees, you have now begun to have a problem with the way you see. But today, in the name of Jesus, I said, 
separate you from the brokenness of your father's house. I separate you from the brokenness of your mother's house. I say by the blood of Jesus, you are severed from their limitation. Begin to see as Amen. God sees. Begin Amen. to see as Jesus sees. Begin Amen. to see through the eyes of the Holy Ghost. In the Amen. name of the Lord Jesus. Because the challenges of your father's time is not the same challenges of our time. The grace allocated to the previous generation is not mm. the grace allocated to this generation. There is an accumulation and an increase of the manifestation of the grace of God upon the earth. What the fathers ran away from, another generation will run towards it. I pray that by the grace of God, you'll be able to rise up in the spirit of the day. You'll be able to rise up in the strength of the day. You'll be able to rise up in the manifestation of the day. In the name of Jesus. Mm. Oh, be able to spot the opportunities. You shall be able to recognize your worth and the capacity within you. Your worth and the capacity within you in the name of Jesus. You see, this morning as we talk about infiltration, because many people say, go and take the media, go and take this space, go and take that. And I say to people, you cannot take around you what you have not first taken within you. For you cannot judge disobedience when your own obedience is not complete. The reason why many people are taken by the things that they went to take is because they did not take those things first inside of them. So the reason why uh, you go into a system and the system is able to suppress you and the system is able to swallow you up is because you did not first judge the system inside of you. You sit back and by the power of the Holy Spirit, God begins to deal with places inside of your heart. He begins to deal with your greed. He begins to deal with your need for self-promotion. He begins to deal with pride. He begins to deal with that spirit that wants to have his way by bullying others. God begins to break all those things down. And you feel to yourself that what is happening to me? Why is God dealing with me? Why is God destroying me? But does the Bible not say that the blows of a friend can be trusted? That the blows of a friend can be trusted? And Jesus said, now you are my friend. So in the dealings of God is the revelation of the way in which God wants you to stand. And so as you begin to go through all of that, God begins to teach you how to bring yourself into subjection to him and he begins to show you the path of obedience why because the things that god is teaching you to overcome inside of you are the enemies you will find around you we keep talking about a davidic order and we keep talking about how david was a man that was not trying to promote himself in fact he knew he had the throne but David was not running to go and tell Saul, get up from the throne, I am the new king. David understood that if he was anointed by the hand of God, he would be enthroned by the hand of God. He understood that if the Lord directed the steps of the prophets to his house and told the prophets to not allow anybody sit down until he arrived, that same God will create an entryway for him into the palace of the king. David consistently had opportunity to kill Saul, but David withheld those withheld his hand from doing it in himself because David was not in a hurry to perform the will of God that he was now breaking the government of God. You cannot establish the government of God by breaking the government of God. David understood that touch not my anointed, do my prophets no harm. So David knew that even though he was anointed and he was a prophet and the next king, he would not bring about the manifestation of his season by destroying or breaking the laws of God by touching another prophet. When you come into a time like that, 
where it seems confusing as to how you will actualize the promise of God. Trust the government of heaven to be able to judge what only God can judge in his wisdom. I pray that in the name of the Lord Jesus, that you will know how to give room to God's government. Father, teach me how to give room to your government. Teach me, oh God, how to hold back in the days that you want me to hold back. Teach me how to depend fully on you for the performance of the things you have promised. Show me my role to play and show me your role to play. Oh, Kalanama Sovle Gieta. Edava, 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 Edava. Elanamo Sokoreva Satia. Eshalabara Kasuteleke Levedeha. Oh, may I never be too late. Oh, Shakaraba, help me to run in your pace. Help me to run in your pace. I never be late. Help me to run in your pace. Help me to run in your pace. You know, for, for you to be able to break into the world and to be able to do the things that God has called you to do, as you are convinced that God has raised you to be one who established the kingdom of God in the world, you must remember that there must come a season of testing and there must be a season of consecration that God brings you into. You must recognize it. The season of testing and the season of consecration. The Bible says that the same God that commanded Moses to go and deliver the children of Israel from their captivity and a whole two chapters was dedicated to Moses and God having this back and forth conversation. God spending his time talking to Moses, convincing Moses. At some point, God gets angry and he's like, you know what? Whatever you want. You want everyone? Okay. You know, God spends his time doing all of this. And then you see some verses later, Moses is finally walking in obedience. And then the Bible declares that God comes to kill him along the way. And you are saying, what is the meaning of this? Why would you want to kill somebody that you have commanded to go and do your work. You spend time investing in the person's life. You spend time investing in getting the person to the point where they realize that indeed they have been called by God. Why do you want to kill the person? And you realize that simply because you have a call and you have an assignment and there is an ordination and a commissioning over your life, it is not a guarantee that you will fulfill it. The guarantee that you'll be able to even enter into that which God has called you and anointed to do is connected to your consecration and your circumcision. Because what was God requiring? That Moses will circumcise his son. Moses will circumcise because the Bible says that anyone that is not circumcised will be done away with, any son. You see, so Moses, God was coming to Moses and saying, listen to Moses, you cannot go and bring order in Israel when there's disorder in your house. You cannot go and tell Pharaoh to bow to the commands of God, the government of God. When you yourself, you are yet, you know, Yes, you're cutting corners in your own life. God will always meet with you on the journey to infiltration. God will always meet with you at 
the border of transition, where the fresh water is breaking into the salt water, and God will require of you a circumcision. God will require of you measures of consecration. So you must be able to receive that if you are going to be a person that would establish the desires of God for your time. Make this a prayer. Say, Father, teach me to value my seasons of consecration. Teach me, Lord, to value the requirement of consecration even far above the expression of promotion. Teach me, Lord, to hold dearly to my heart your demands, O oh God, of me. To focus, O oh God, on the man you need me to become. Not just the things you need me to do or the things you need me to perform. The man that I become. The man that I become. The man that I become. Help me to embrace your processes. Help me to embrace your dealings. In the name of the Lord Jesus, the man you become above the things that you perform is what is most important. The man you become. I want to say something to you that you must be able to value. If you be a person that is able to infiltrate, you must be someone that is able to value your gifts in the days of darkness as much as you value them in the day of opportunity. Because it is the gift that you value in the time of darkness. It is the gift that you don't despise when you are in the prison. That is the gift that becomes what promotes you when you are standing in the palace of the king. The gift that Joseph did not despise in the prison became the gift that promoted him in the throne room. The problem with many people is that you begin to devalue yourself and devalue your calling as an estuarine and devalue your calling as an ecotone and devalue your calling as one that God has anointed to fill the earth because you are going through a season of darkness. So that when the day of opportunity comes, you are not able to embrace opportunity because you have already devalued the very thing that is meant to cause you to be noticed. So and you people let you especially mute your microphone thank you so much do not despise despise the gift in the day of darkness because the gift you don't despise in the prison will become the gifts that will set you apart in the throne room if you are going to be a person that is able to infiltrate you must be able to catch the wind when the wind comes be able to recognize when god is calling you upward and higher we have been preaching before the rising of every generation comes the preaching of the will of the lord and so you have been we have been preaching and preaching and we have been saying that the prophetic apostolic generation is rising a prophetic apostolic generation is rising what in a previous time was reserved for just people who you look up to and you're like, my goodness, how do they do that? Now the Lord is saying that this is the generation that is rising. Are you able to catch the wind? Are you able to allow this doctrine become the wind that moves you? Have you ever gone back to sit down, to study? What does it mean to be apostolic? What does it mean to be prophetic? I'm not saying you are apostles and you are prophets. Some people are, but sometimes... This is a dimension of operation. So when you say a prophetic people, it is different from a prophet. The prophet is the office. The prophetic is 
um, the dimension of operation. So every one of us is called to be prophetic because the spirit of God is inside of us. And it is the spirit of God that reveals the mind of God. So every believer is prophetic. So even embedded within, God, within, within um, the outworking of Christ is the apostolic. So we are required to declare that this is the season. Can you catch the wind? Go back and study it because the current that we move you into the salt water is the current of doctrine. The Bible says do not be moved to and fro by every wind of doctrine. So that means doctrine produces wind and wind is what moves you. So if you are going to be able to move, go back and check what is the prevailing doctrine. And I'm not talking about just any doctrine. What is the word of God for now? The word of God becomes the wind that produces the current that propels you into infiltration. Now, even as you begin to stand on the border of infiltration, there is one thing that I keep talking about and I want to talk about it this morning and we pray and go. You see, there is a woman in the scriptures and the Bible speaks about how when the prophet came into her land, she said to the prophet, oh prophet, come and help us. My sons are about to be taken away as prisoners because my husband left me a huge debt that he was, not about to, he was not able to pay. Now my husband is dead and they have come to take my sons as prisoners. He said, and I think in wanting to convince the prophet, she said, oh, please help. For my husband was one of the sons of the prophet. Listen to me. There were groups of people that used to be called sons of the prophets, people who served under a major prophet, who learned, who you know, went to the school and all of that. So in trying to convince Elijah, she said, listen, my husband was basically one of you. But here is what is happening. His sons are about to be taken as prisoners. And I say to people, listen to me, your inability to break past the stream of spirituality and break it into tangible solutions in this world will become what will make them take your seed as captive in the day that you are gone. The inability of our generation to break past the sounding of the prophetic, the apostolic, oh, pastor ministry, oh, the spirit of God, the, 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 break past all of that. I'm not saying don't embrace it, embrace it, but break past the mentality of church. Take God out of the box that you have placed him and begin to understand that he's not just the God of the church, but the God of the whole earth. He's not the God of a religious system. He's the God of all creation. Your inability to see that the stream flowing from Eden that is breaking through the garden is meant to water the whole earth, is meant to water every culture, is meant to water every nation, is meant to water every system, is meant to water every generation. Your inability to see that there is a place for the stream within every system of the earth is what will make the enemy come for your seed in the day that you are gone. Because your inability to infiltrate the earth leaves you as a man that only has a testimony of encounter, but does not have resources to preserve the encounter in the world. You must be able to break into. You must be able to break forth. So she came to the prophet and said, listen, his sons are about to be taken. He served the Lord. He knew the Lord. He, he worshipped the Lord. But he did not leave behind the seed, the, the seed of wealth, the seed of provision. What is needed to keep his children? And the prophet said, what do you have in your house? She said, just little oil. Just little oil. I just have this ability to write books. 
you know, PI, I, I, I see things. I, I can perceive. I have this ability to create. Oh, it's very easy for me to create curriculums. Oh, you know, I just have this little speaking gift. Oh, I just have. So you hear a message about estuaries, ecotone, and all of these things. They sound good to you. They sound great to you. But you go back after listening to them and studying, and you say to yourself, but how do I break in? But how do I break forth? But how do I come in? And the prophet said to her, you have this oil. You should not be where you are. So now go and get jars. Go and get jars. Shut your door, enter with your seed and pour into the jars. This woman went. She probably checked her house and saw she has only two jars. She probably has even sold her jars to be able to survive before that day. And the only thing that is left is little oil. The Bible says that this woman went, went to borrow jars from her neighbors and said, please give me, give me, give me, just borrow me. And, you know, she began to fill up the jars with oil. And as she filled up the jars with oil, the Bible says that the oil did not stop flowing until the jars stopped. Listen to me. For you to be able to infiltrate, for you to be able to cause the fresh waters of God to break into the cities of the world, to break into the cities of the earth, for you to be able to bring the depth of the restoration of God and the depth of the power of God by which he wants to strengthen this generation, for you to be able to preserve the inheritance of your seed and the inheritance of the next generation, you must be able to raise for yourself a jar system. What do the jar speak about? The jar speak about the opportunity. Opportunities. The just speak about the placement. The just speak about the structures. The just speak about the systems. The just speak about the people. The just speak about the locations. Everything that has the opportunity to be filled with what you carry, you have to go and source it. You need to spend your time praying about it, thinking about it, researching about it. Sometimes you may need to go and borrow jars from your neighbor. Sometimes you may need to humble yourself and go back to school. Humble yourself and go back to understanding. You may need to sit down for five hours with the Bible. You may need to take a walk week vacation and all you are doing with your vacation is studying you study you study you study to show yourself approved. you study to be able to come up with the ideas and the resources that you need you need to borrow jars without the jars what you have we have no relevance without the jars what you have we have no placement without the jars without the system you will only be an oil with nothing else many believers are just oil Many believers are just spirits. Many believers are just power. But all they are able to do is kill witches and wizards. They are never able to take over territories. They are never able to break deliverance. They are never able to feed nations in the day of famine. They are never able to topple over government and to install the righteous government of God. Why? Because they have not found a place for their oil in society. You cannot change a thing you are not willing to engage with. Go and find the jars where you need them. Go and get the jars. Go and get the jars. Go and get the jars. The jar is what enables your oil to find relevance. The jar is what enables your oil to find relevance. Oil cannot be poured in just anything. You pour oil in certain things and they will leak away. But you see, it takes a jar to hold oil. You must know what you carry the density of who you are so that you can know where to place yourself. Because the Bible says a dead fly in an apocatry can completely ruin the fragrance of it. A dead fly in an oil, a scented oil, 
We completely ruined the scent of the oil. The reason why one of you had oil and now your oil has become a stench is because of you placed yourself where deadness has hit you. And now what should be able to find relevance in the world has become a thing you need to hide. Allow the Lord take out the dead fly and allow the Lord teach you how to find your jars because you need the jars to infiltrate the earth. Father, open my eyes. My God, give me the courage and the boldness to engage my neighbors. Give me the humility of spirit to engage my neighbors. The Bible says she went to borrow jars from her neighbors. You see, your neighbors know you. They know the story of your shame and your brokenness. Your neighbors know how your marriage has not worked. Your neighbors know how your children are not well trained. Your neighbors know how you wear the same cloth every day. Your neighbors are the ones that hear you shouting at your staff. Your neighbors know you. But you see, in the day when God wants to find relevance for your oil, it begins with your neighbors. It begins with the faith inside of you to go and meet those same neighbors and say, you know what? God is doing something with my life. Can you help me? Can you show me? Can you make a phone call for me to this person? The fact that it is your neighbors we borrow jars from, it means you need grace. The grace of God has to accompany you. The grace of God needs to follow you so that you can find favor where you are already known to be nothing. I pray that the spirit of God will cause courage to rise up in your spirit. I pray that the spirit of God will give you the audacity of faith. I pray that the spirit of God will give you the wisdom and the revelation on how to gather what you need for the next level. I pray that God will retrain your mind. I pray that God will retrain your spirit. I pray that God will retrain your soul. I pray that everything that makes you timid and makes you cower away and hide in the day of your appearing, that the spirit of God will cause those things to be broken in the name of the Lord Jesus. I pray that there will be a stirring and an underwater current in your spirit. I pray that there will be a groundswell of the message of the apostolic and the prophetic rising up from inside of you. I pray that God will give you a diligent heart and a diligent spirit so that you will not sell your birthright and your inheritance and leave your generation in captivity. But I pray that in this day that the Lord God Almighty will open your eyes, that the Lord God Almighty will stir up your spirit that the Lord God Almighty will stir up your soul and like Jehu you can ride and you can ride for the deliverance of your people awake, awake Deborah awake from the sleep that leaves the people in captivity awake from the need to sit under a palm tree for long Deborah break out and break out and engage the barracks of your time I pray that the spirit of God will give you confidence beyond the poverty and the brokenness of your home I pray that the spirit of God will give you wisdom beyond the limitation of your education I pray that the spirit of God will give you hope so that in the midst of the prison you may yet elevate your gift. I pray that God will show you the picture of a future and like Abraham through faith and persistence you may be able to lay hold of the picture so that it might be transferred as a covenant blessing from Isaac to Jacob and Jacob to Israel. I pray that in the name of the Lord Jesus that God will cause a deliverer to rise up inside of you that all the trainings of the Lord that all the days of your desert all the days in the Negev and in the Midbar will begin to make sense to you. I pray that there will be a coming together of the pictures of destiny and the puzzle of destiny. Let there be a coming together of it even now in the name of Jesus. For we have come into the season of manifestation. For we have come into the season of revealing and unveiling of the sons of God. 
Masheke porono sucre nino sobia. Pacate buru musala batele bokura masanda. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Kanda vale, kora vale ya. Aha! Something just broke off somebody. Elekere moshona brahanda. Kei satala. Someone just passed the threshold of fear. You broke past it this morning. Karaba Sunday. It is something that happened inside of you. I saw it, I saw it, I saw it. I saw the cloak of darkness fall off somebody. Sight is restored. Like a man that is wearing glasses for the first time. You are beginning to see the fine prints of God in your life. The kind of stumbling that happens to people with blindness. It will no longer happen to you in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hear me as we go. In this month of secrets, God is not only showing you the secrets of his own life and his throne and the beautiful spiritual things. God is also showing you the secrets embedded in your family line. <laughs> because you see, the enemies of a man's house are stronger than the enemies outside his house. You may say, P.I., but we are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. We are the one. Listen to me. Abraham became the first of the generations of the earth. Because God could not truncate the process of seed and betting and increase through generations, God had to send God to come and die. If God could just remove somebody from a generation and just place you separately. God would have just said, gone with Adam, a new seed is coming. But there is something about the seed. The initial promise, the word of God cannot fail. It must continue until there is a restoration through a man and a man arises that becomes the picture of the true fulfillment of what was promised 10 generations ago. In the same way, that is how darkness understands this principle. So Satan begins to position destruction from one generation. And he still wants it very carefully. And make sure that by the time it reaches a fourth or a fifth generation, it becomes a mindset. So they are not able to tell that it's a stronghold limiting them. A man that will become. <laughs> you must appreciate the gold and the silver in your family. But you must also recognize that there is a continuous process of refining that must happen to that gold so that it will come out as pure in your time. Why am I saying this? Part of what I've been seeing God do, please mute your mic. Part of what I've been seeing God do is actually reveal to people things from 20 years ago, 30 years ago, showing them the doors that were opened by Satan. The abuse that they were abused when they were five, open to when they were 15, and it continued and it left a mark in them about what sexuality looks like. And it opened the door to all kinds of spirits of abuse in their life. And so now they are constantly living life on survival mood, and they cannot even trace it back to where it began. God is revealing secrets. God is showing people the strange tables that they ate upon. And as you ate on that table, you, you came into a covenant with somebody that you have seemingly left five years ago. 
but you consistently see the ways of that person and the lack of grace in their life playing out in your own life. <laughs> God is revealing secrets. Because you see, before a king is enthroned, there must be research that is done, especially when there is contention over that throne. Then we go and search who is qualified to sit on this throne, which lineage should be on this throne. Then we also want to do spiritual research and go and ask the gods of the land who is qualified. And these are our options. Which one do you pick? Listen to me. There is contention over the throne you want to sit upon. And the end, and Satan is your accuser. So you want to take the throne of Nigeria? You want to take the throne of America? You want to take the throne of media? There is contention. And what the accuser does, he does, he goes to dig up death. Deaths. He will dig up debt on you. Then we find reasons to disqualify you. Why through your lineage? Why through your history? There is something that disqualifies you from being the one that sits on the throne. So part of what God does, when God wants to enthrone you and God wants to use you as a voice, God begins to restore the brokenness of the past. God begins to set in order. And why is it God that can do it? Because it is God that can break through time. And God can break through seasons. And God can walk into it four years ago as though he's standing in today. God is the God that stands in eternity and he restores time in his mercy. This morning I pray for you. I pray that by the power of the Holy Spirit let the earth and let your destiny begin to vomit out everything that was planted inside of it by Satan. Every seed that darkness sowed that has been growing and has become a tree. It is sometimes even masquerading itself as a vineyard. I pray that the light of God will begin to reveal. And I pray that there will be a shaking in your life. That the Holy Ghost will begin to call to your remembrance the things that he commanded you years ago to deal with. I pray that God will give you the spiritual strategy to be able to engage, to be able to lay hold, to be able to break what needs to be broken. I pray that God will show you the pathway of restoration so that you may stand as a workman that does not need to be ashamed. In this season of enthroning, you will not miss your time of appearing in the name of the Lord Jesus. But let the purification process of God, let it begin now in Jesus' name. Amen. Let the justification of the Spirit, let it rest upon you. Amen. Let the hand of mercy never cease from your life. And let the stories that you tell be stories of God's hand perfecting you through time. In the name of the Lord Jesus. Amen. Oh, allow the Holy Ghost. Allow the Holy Ghost. Allow the Holy Ghost. As you go through this day, remember the song that I sang by Chris Delvan. For how can you walk when you don't know the way of the wind? And how can you run when you don't know the way of the Spirit? And how can you fly when you don't know the way of the wind, the power at work in you, working everything in obedience to Christ. Working everything in obedience to Christ. And we cry, Holy Ghost. And we cry, Holy Ghost, Spirit of the living God. We cry, Holy Ghost, scepter of the King of Kings. We cry, Holy Ghost, 
seal of the age to come, working everything in obedience to Christ. God bless you. God keep you. God cause his light to shine upon you. Amen. I may God keep you. God bless you. God bless you. Thank you, Pia. We have eaten by Lagos. Thank you so much. God bless you.